Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dan Greer with Leading from the Middle of the Pack. And today, like, I just got done writing this awesome devotional that I turned into a blog because it was so good. It's all about, like, how you've got to be willing to do the work. And so today, we're going to be doing, like, a podcast slash vlog slash video slash whatever you want to call it on it, too, because it was just so good that I was, like, after I got done writing it, I was so jazzed up. And I was like, man, it was such a great devotional. And so, I mean, if you don't know, we also do, like, God First, Life Next, which is one of the nonprofits that we have, it's the only nonprofit we have right now, but it's a Christian-based nonprofit, and so you should totally check it out, godfirstlifenext.org. But anyways, let's talk about how you got to, like, do the work. So, we're going to cue the theme song. We'll be right back in just a second. See you soon. The big question is this. How are leaders, like us, who aren't necessarily in a management position, who go out and get our hands dirty, who are ready to answer their calling from God to lead, who are driven to learn and grow, gain the trust and respect of those around us, to actually be heard while not coming across as an authoritative prick? These are the questions, and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. Hi, my name is Dan Greer, and welcome to Leading from the Middle of the Pack. Sweet! I'm so glad that you guys are still here, and uh, just, just like as a side note, go check out GodFirstLifeNext.org. It's just like a Christian-based nonprofit that we do. It's super awesome. Last year, we brought Gary Chapman, the author of The Five Love Languages, into Durango. But so, And like we send out devotionals every week, so you can totally sign up for that just by going to GodFirstLifeNext.org and then putting your email in there and getting signed up. But today, I was writing a devotional for it, and it was like, man, I, I wrote it. And it, I wrote it like based off of a real-life conversation that I had with somebody, and it was just it gave me a minute to kind of work through it spiritually as well as like everything else that happened because I've been kind of having a problem with like the conversation that had happened. And, and I had this guy come in and he's like, yeah, dude, I'd love to like have a business of my own. And like, uh, well, you know, like if somebody just give it to me or like, just give me a million dollars, then I totally kill it. And it's like, really? Like nobody's just going to give you anything. You have to go and work for it. He's like, well, you just like had everything handed to you. And I was like, are you, freaking kidding me no i haven't like things have been so hard as a leader things have been so hard in business things have been so hard in life like nothing has been easy ever and when it is easy it's never like lasted long term okay and so like i was sitting there thinking about it and and i kind of went through all this and like there's so much that came into my mind and, and it kind of reminds me of this the story i heard from tony robbins and um we were at unleash the power within this year and tony was talking a little bit about it and he's like he goes man got to be willing to do the work guys like you got to be willing to get out there and do it because if you're not willing to do it it's not going to happen so many people are like oh you're so blessed oh you're so this oh you're so that you're so lucky oh if i was just you no that's not the case right because like the story he told was this one he's like he says there's this preacher walking out through the desert and the desert in, in the middle of the desert he sees this beautiful oasis of a garden like acres and acres and acres of oasis right in the middle of like the Mojave Desert, like there's nothing all around. It's barren sand and there's this beautiful desert. There's a beautiful garden that's fenced in the middle of it. And so first off, he thinks it's a mirage. So he starts walking toward it. And then as he gets closer to it, he figures out that it's not a mirage. It's real. Okay. And he gets there and, uh, and he walks in the garden and he goes, you know, I'm going to tell this guy a thing or two. And I'm going to tell him that all none of this is possible without God. And so he goes in there and he starts He's like, where's the gardener at? He finds the gardener, and the gardener sits down and listens to him. This guy lectures him for 30 minutes or an hour all about how none of this is possible without God, and God did all this, and blah, 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 blah. 
And the gardener just sat really patiently, listened to the whole conversation, right? And then at the end of the conversation, the gardener goes, yeah, I know, but you should have seen this place before I got here. It was just a desert. And, and that's like the truth, right? Like so many people want everything handed to them. Here, do this. Here, do this. Here, do this. They want an instruction manual that's step by step by step by step. It's just like, this is how you do it. This is how you get from point A to point B. Well, life's not like that. Like we get instruction manuals, but it's, it, it's, it's not like that, right? Because there's always differences. There's always changes and things are always hard and you got to be willing to do the work. And so as I was reflecting on the comments and the conversation I had with, with this person, it was just like, dude, like how, how can you think that everything is so easy for people who have it? Like, and I think that's what 90% of the people think is like, oh, I'll be successful once I get into leadership. Oh, I'll be successful once I do this. Oh, uh, this person was given this. That's how they got there. They got handed this position. They got handed this business. They got this, they got this. And it's like, no, like, you, like opportunity is constantly knocking at your door. Most of the time, like opportunity sits right in front of you, right? Like right there. It's like right there. Like that's where it is, but we're not picking it up. We're too busy pissing away our time on our phones, on our tablets, on, on crap that's not important in our lives. It's not making a difference. It's not moving the needle. It's not doing anything, right? Like, like we're, we're, we're just wasting our lives on everything that we do. And it's unreal that we don't understand it. It's unreal that we don't, that we don't see that opportunity is literally right in front of us the whole time. We just have to grab it and take action on it. But it's scary, right? Sometimes do it, getting new opportunities, sometimes doing new things, Sometimes getting getting our head out of the game and into the in, in, out of the clouds and into the game is is like hard, right? It's hard to be vulnerable, you know. It's it's hard to be in, in in all those places and it's hard to do those things. But like, I had a conversation the other day with one of my guys on my team, and I was like, "Man, dude, he he's been like making this huge transformation in life, and I'm just just so blessed to be a part of it." Right? Like, that's the way I feel. I feel blessed for everything that I have and everything that happens in my life. But, like, in order to be a part of his transformation, to me, is this huge blessing. And totally different guy than the, than the person who we were talking about before. But this guy's like, he's like, Dan, I'm just, I'm having this transformation. Like, he's like, to begin with, I felt guilty that I wanted to work at 8 p.m. He's like, I felt guilty that I was thinking about work. And he's like, I felt guilty that I wanted to read and learn and grow and get better at all this stuff. And then it's, then he's like, then he goes, you, you, you know what? Like, he said, he said, you know what I figured out? I figured out that, like, it's okay. And, like, I'm making it okay for me that I want to be involved in working and I want to grow this way because I, I can see the potential. He's like, because of you, it's, it's, it's okay that I want to make some money. It's okay that I want to be successful. It's okay that I'm defining these things now because you're, like, helping me do that. And he's like, what, what advice do you have for me? And I said, you know what, bud? Here's, here's my piece of advice. And I said, this is a motto that I live by. And it's super hard, super hard to live by, okay? So if you're ready for it, if you're ready to pick up this gauntlet, I'm, I'm getting ready to give you, like, the best advice 
I've ever got in my entire life, and it's gotten me to where I am today, and it's going to continue to get me to where I go. You have to do hard things. I'm going to say it one more time. You have to do hard things. Some of the best things that have ever happened to me have come because I did hard things. When I asked Jenna out on a date back in high school, I was super hard. Oh my gosh, I was so nervous. I remember that like she actually thought that I hated her because she would walk up to the group and I would leave because I was scared because she was so cute and I was comfortable with her friends, but I really wanted to get to know her better, right? So I would leave. And so to begin with, she thought that I hated her. She's like, oh, Dan doesn't like me. Well, I guess that's not going to work out. I guess it did work out because we're married with four kids, right? But like to begin with, I had to do something hard. I had to go up to her and, and pull my guts off of the floor and out of my throat all at the same time and say, will you go out on a date with me? Right? Like it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Okay? And then, and then I go back and I think about it like, when I became a CDL tester, right? When, when I decided to build my house, those were hard things. Like I had to make a choice and a commitment when we built the house that like, okay, this is what we want. I'm going to devote a year of my life to doing this because we're not going to hire contractors. We're going to save a ton of money. We're going to do it all ourselves. And then we got rejected by bank after bank after bank after bank after bank until finally we got one yes. But I had to keep going. I couldn't stop. When the first bank said no, I could have just been like, oh, well, this isn't going to work. I guess we're going to live in a trailer house. I guess we're not going to have our house that we designed. I didn't do it. Like, it wasn't even an option. Right? When, when I wanted to become a CDL tester, and I couldn't find anyone to contact, and I called the state, and I left a message, and I called the state, and I left a message, and I called New Mexico and left a message, and I called Colorado, and I called Utah, and I called Texas. And finally, I got in touch with Colorado because I got the right number. And then they were like, oh, yeah, you got to get involved with the testing unit before you can become a tester. You can't just become a tester. I'm sure they thought I was just some kind of dumb idiot, right? And so then I found a testing unit, and I, and I went and I chatted with them, and I got them to accept me as a tester after months and months of them thinking about it, right? And then I got into the program after months and months and months of waiting and following up with them because I'm sure they thought that I would just fall off the face of the world if they ignored me. Right? But it didn't work. It didn't happen. I kept going. I kept doing hard things. I kept making those phone calls. I wasn't afraid to take that step forward, to put myself out there, to be vulnerable to the world. When we started the business, the exact same thing happened. I had to do something hard. I had to leave this beautiful, cushy job where I was making really good money. And we were really secure and really set. And I had a great team around me and I had great support from the company. Most of them, not all of them, most of them, right? I had to leave that to start my own business. And then, and then we've gone through ups and downs and 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 ups and downs. Oh my gosh, so many ups and downs. And it's going to continue to be that way forever, I'm sure. Right? I'm sure that we're going to constantly make mistakes and constantly learn from this. That's because I'm doing hard things. Do you think when I started a podcast, it was easy? Do you think when I started doing these vlogs that I'm doing right now, get in front of a video, do you think it was easy? Do you know how long it took me? It took me like 42 or 43 episodes to step in front of a camera after recording a podcast. How crazy stupid is that? Now it's like, now it's like nothing, right? Now I'm like comfortable. 
I, I, it's not perfect. Like, I still got a glare over here. <laughs> like, you can see where the wallpaper ends up there, like the ceiling, and we're fixing it, right? But, like, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. But we're doing hard things. We're moving forward. And so, like, as a leader, we have to do those hard things, too. We can't be afraid of them. Right? I can, I can go tell you story after story after story after story about doing hard things. But this is not going to help you do hard things, right? What you need to know is that when you do hard things, you succeed. But you got to be willing to put in the work, right? Like, you can't just be like, hey, yeah, if I had a million dollars, I could be successful. If you had a million dollars, you'd piss it away tomorrow. Well, maybe not tomorrow, but in a couple months or a couple years. That's why the people who win the lottery almost always go bankrupt. They didn't work for it. They didn't do hard things. They weren't willing to put in the effort. Opportunity knocked. They picked it up. And, and they were like, huh. And that was it. And they spent all their money. Hundreds of millions of dollars spent. And you go back and statistically, I can't even talk it, statistically, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. If you go back and look, like almost all the people who've won the lottery have failed. Almost all the people who started out rich, who their parents just like gave them a ton of capital to begin with or gave them businesses, have failed. You know why? They didn't have the ownership in what happened. They didn't have the ownership in the process. They had the finished product, but not the ownership. Think about this for a second. Like, let's say that you're a surfer. Have you ever watched the movie Surf's Up? It's an animated cartoon with like penguins in it and stuff. I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's actually kind of comical. It's 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 very interestingly recorded. It's a cartoon documentary style recording. It's it's actually interesting. It's called Surf's Up. But um, this dude, his, his, his name is maybe Zeke. I can't remember the little dude's name. I'm pretty sure it's Zeke. Um, but anyways, he uh, he's a surfer from Antarctica <laughs> or the North Pole. And then they go to like, I don't know, Hawaii, Costa Rica, I can't remember where they go, Australia, somewhere tropical, right? And they ride on this whale and get there. And he's, he's used to, like, surfing on ice. And he gets there, and he grabs a surfboard. He goes out, and he's going to catch this big, huge, gnarly wave. And there's no waves where he's from. Like, no big waves, at least, right? So he goes out, and he goes to catch these waves. And he's, he does really good, right? But, like, the first time he goes out, he does okay. And then he goes out to master, like, I can't, I can't remember the guy's name. You know, I'm completely wrong on the names. But there's this other guy who's just, like, this macho prick who's super, super good at, at surfing anyways. But he's, like, super macho, super arrogant, whatever. And, like, giant, huge penguin. This other guy's, like, this little, little short penguin. And, uh, and this, this macho guy goes out and just, like, whips his butt in this surfing thing before the competition even starts. And the other dude, like, takes this huge tumble on this wave. The little guy does. And, um, and the lifeguard cares about him. And he's got this idol called Big Z. Okay? And uh, Big Z was, like, the best surfer of all time. And, uh, and so this lifeguard takes, her, takes this guy out into the middle of the woods into this hut. And Big Z is there. Like, but he doesn't recognize it. It's Big Z. Because he's bigger rounder hasn't surfed in a long time right and so finally after a long long time of getting healed because a whole bunch of stuff happened after a long long time of getting healed he uh he he big z is like he he realizes that it's big z that it's his idol that's helped him get better and then he, he goes out and big z's like he's like no you can't just take a surfboard bro if you want to be great you gotta like build your own board and so this little dude's in a super big hurry and he takes out a shell and he takes this tree and he like just whittles out a board, right? And he's like, no, you can't do that. You got to like feel it. You got to like put the effort into it, man. 
And he's just like chopping away at this wood. And he, he's not building a board. And so finally, Big Z leaves because he's like, man, there's no use for you. I give up. And so the little dude's sitting there. And uh, and after a while, like he sits there forever and he, he builds this board, chops up, takes it out, breaks in half. Builds this board, ch crappy, chops up, takes it out, breaks in half. Finally, he comes back and he's like, he looks at this piece of wood and he builds the board, right? So it's all good. Then he builds it and, it's, and, and then he takes it out and it's, he's just got done building this board, okay? He's got it up on these stands and Big Z, like this giant penguin, like, I'm telling you, like, this other guy's like super little and Big Z's like, I, I don't know, it'd be like a comparison between me and The Rock, okay? <laughs> or maybe like Jacob, my son, and The Rock would be a better comparison. He comes out and he like jumps on the surfboard. He's like, hey, let's check it out, and he's bouncing on it, and he's, you know, checking it out. And that little penguin is just, like, super stressed about his board because he put so much effort into building it. And and Big Z knew it wasn't going to break because he knew the effort the guy put into the board. And he knew the way it was built, like you could tell. So then he started teaching him to surf, right? And, and a lot of times we're just like that little penguin. We think we know what we're doing, but we don't really have a clue. And we get in too big of a hurry. So instead of doing it right, we just do it. And it's wrong. And we're not willing to do it right. But whenever we finally decide to pivot as a leader, as a person in general, and do it right, then it's like a no-brainer. And everything starts lining up for us. And it's absolutely amazing the way it works. But we have to be willing to do hard things. We have to be willing to put in the work in order to get it done. Right? Like everything that happens in life happens for a reason. And, and on top of that... Everything that happens, you know, for a reason is, is something good in our life. Tony Robbins says things don't happen to us. They happen for us. And I agree with that, like 150%. Everything happens for a reason. And we don't understand what the reason is today. We may not understand it for five years. We may not understand it for 10 years. We may never understand until we get to the pearly gates and he's like, yep, this is why this happened to you. This is why this happened. What I want to do, what I want to say is like, we can't be afraid as leaders to put in the hard work. We can't be afraid to invest in ourselves mentally. We can't be afraid to invest in ourselves with mentorship. We can't be afraid to invest in ourselves financially. Because if we don't invest in ourselves, we're never going to grow. We're never going to get anything that we want in life. Everything is always going to be a crapshoot. Everything is always going to be junk. We can't be waiting for somebody to give us a million dollars so we can start a business. So many people are like, oh man, if I just had a million dollars. You know what I think? Oh man, if I had a million dollars, how could I put that to work? How, how could I like build more? How could I invest more? How could I do this? Most people think, can I get a million dollars? And then they go, oh, I'm set. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's why people who win the lottery go broke. That's why people who start off with a ton of money or are handed with stuff just out of life, they're, they're not prepared. Like, I can promise you, like, no matter how successful I am in life, I am not going to be like, here, kids, here's this much money. Oh, you don't have to work. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to do this because I want to set them up for success, not for failure. I want them to do the hard things. I want them to learn. I want to give them the opportunities. Don't get me wrong, right? I'm not saying I'm not going to give the people around me opportunities, what I'm saying is you got to earn the opportunities. You got to work for them. I would so much love to like find the right person 
to come in to my business to become a partner with me, but they're going to have to put in the sweat equity first, right? You, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody wants to do anything alone. And, and if you do, awesome. But I don't. Like I hate doing things alone, right? And, and like I'm constantly on the lookout for like the right person to come into my life. And I know that if I'm open for that opportunity, if I'm looking for that opportunity, that I can find it. It's not just going to appear. It's not just going to be like, hey, Dan, I'm the perfect person. No, that's not what happens, right? Is that what happened with your spouse? <laughs> right? Or they're like, hey, I'm the perfect person. Well, maybe not if it's a girl. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm the perfect person. Anyways, my point is, is it's like, you have to be looking for opportunity. It was um, Thomas Edison said that most people miss opportunity because it doesn't come knock at your door. It looks like overalls and hard work. How true is that? Most people miss opportunity because it comes dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. Don't be afraid to put in the work. If you want what nobody else has, you have to be willing to do what nobody else is willing to do, number one. Number two, you have to be willing to put in the work. And I think that's what most people aren't willing to do. Napoleon Hill calls it the drifted versus the driven. Right in the book Outwitting the Devil. By the way, if you've never out, if you've never read that book, this bad boy. Right here. Outwitting the Devil. Phenomenal book. Oh my gosh, I read this book like two or three times a year. It is, it is um like right up there with like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Think and Grow Rich and and uh, the Russell Brunson series and <laughs> Jen Sincero series and like Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Just finished that book, by the way. How awesome is that? I'm getting shiny object. Sorry, guys, got distracted. But um, my point is, is like in, in, in this book, Outwitting the Devil, he talks all about um, the drifting, the drifted versus the driven and how like 95 to 98% of the world are drifters. Satan has got them drifting. They're happy. They don't have a purpose. And two, five to 2% of the world are driven. They have a purpose, they have definiteness of purpose. They know where they're going. They know what they're doing. And it's absolutely amazing the way he writes it in here and what it's all about. And so, like, I don't get commissions off book sales. I don't get any of that crap. But it's just, it's one of the books that somebody recommended to me. Russell Brunson recommended to read it. And it's been a book that I recommend to everybody else. Just like, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People is one of my favorite books. Ezra Lee recommended that book to me. And I recommend it to everybody as well. It's like, I would say if there's, like, three or four books that I recommend for people to read, to grow themselves. It's like the five love languages, the ultimate sales machine, the Russell Brunson's books, uh, think and grow rich, um, outwitting the devil, how to win friends and influence people. Um, rich dad, poor dad. Those are, those are like some of my go-tos for him. I, I do like the Jensen Chero books, the you're a badass series. Those are pretty fun, but I, I digress. My point is, is like, until you choose to do the hard things, until you choose to invest in yourself, until you choose to invest in growth, until you choose to, to seek opportunity instead of waiting for it to find you, put your phone down and look right in front of you. Like turn off all the crap and look and see what opportunity is right in front of you for you to take. I guarantee there's probably a million, there's probably at least five knocking on your door right now that you can't see because you're too scared to find them. You're not willing to do the work to get them. So as a leader, I've got a few things I want to do before we wrap up. We're getting ready to wrap up here, okay? So as a leader, I want to encourage you, number one, to do hard things. 
Number two, to invest in yourself. Number three, not only to read books, but to implement what you read. And number four, all right, are you ready? Put your phone down, turn off all the distractions, and look for opportunities. That's it. That's it. It's that simple. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I've so enjoyed doing these for you. And like, and, and I have to say that like, I love doing hard things. Like I love getting out of my comfort zone. And I didn't used to love that. But I do now because I've done it for so long that I'm used to it. And I'm going to continue to do it. And like when I'm in, on stage in front of 15,000 people someday, I'm calling my shot. I'm pulling Babe Ruth. Right? I'm saying like, it's going out here. Okay. It's a big, that's a big thing. Okay. 15,000 people multiple times a year. Like, um, last night I had to laugh. We, were, we had a birthday party for my daughter here at the house. And, um, and, uh, one of the, somebody, somebody was like, uh, they were teasing me about something and it was like, yeah, got to get known nationwide. I was like, not nationwide, brother, worldwide, South America, Australia, Europe, China. When you think about trucks, I want you to think about Dan Greer. Like that's my whole thought. Trucks and leadership is Dan Greer, right? That's it. That's like the name. And you're like, oh man, should I buy this truck? I'm going to call Dan. Oh, man, should I do this in the trucking industry? I'm going to call Dan. Oh, who's the dude you call when it comes to this? I'm going to call Dan. Like, that's, that's, that's like my ambition, right? That's opportunity. Knocking at my door. I know it's there. I can see it. I'm looking for it. I'm already looking for opportunities to get into other countries. How crazy cool is that? All right, guys. If you like this podcast, I hope that you subscribe to it. If you don't like it, what the heck are you doing still listening to this? Get out of here. You don't need to be here. Don't waste your time with me. All right, guys. Hope you had fun. I did. Tell you later. Bye.